Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Uh, open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, or turn on your Bibles to Romans 12, 2. For my students, it's cool if you use a phone for the Bible or to take pictures. We always have students to take pictures of the notes. I'm okay with that as long as we're not texting during the message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off in Romans 12, 2 in the NIV, and it'll be on the screen, and then we're going to jump to Romans 12, Romans 12, 15, and Romans 12, 16 in the Amplified Version. So a few weeks ago, when I was hanging out with you guys, and I'm so glad y'all are here tonight, by the way, so glad to see you, I hope you had a great Christmas, but a few weeks ago, when we were in Romans chapter 12, we talked about how to find your purpose, and we talked about how the Apostle Paul was, he was in Greece, and he was, he wrote this letter he wrote it to the, the Christians in Rome. Now, during this time, they'd already had the opportunity to be saved. So you could have, you had salvation. You already had the day of Pentecost so that people were experiencing the, the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Two things we need. We need salvation. We need Jesus in our hearts where he comes in and makes our spirits new so God's spirit can connect with our spirit, right? Born again on the inside, going to heaven. But we also need the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues to live out and share the gospel with power in this life, okay? So that's what they had in Romans, okay? So he's writing this letter to the Roman Christians, and in the beginning of the chapter of Romans 12, he talks about how they can walk in the empowerment. He talks about that as believers, they've got to renew their minds with the word. I don't know about you guys, but when I wake up in the morning, my hair's crazy. I got to work on it every day. And even though Faith still looks at it and goes, um, still needs some work, this is, this is after working on it a couple of times, right? A lot of hairspray and pomade and everything else and a blow dryer. But in the same way, I've got to renew my mind with the Word of God because every day I wake up, my mind, it's easy to think stupid thoughts. It's easy for me to think unforgiving, critical thoughts and to live an unrenewed life in my mind. So every day I've got to spend time with God in a daily Bible reading plan, and if you don't have one, get with me, and you'll, you can get on our reading plan starting January 1st. I've got to read the Word every day consistently to renew my mind and spend time with Jesus, because the more I hang out with Him, the more I become like Him and think like He does. My mom, when I was a kid, I'd come home with a bad attitude. She'd say, who have you been around? She knew I was around, and if I was doing better, I was hanging around with kids that had good attitudes. Well, when I hang out with Jesus, I become like Him. So, Tonight, we're going to talk about how to live God's purpose for your life. Not just finding your destiny, but how to live it out in the way you love other people. Okay? So in the beginning of Romans chapter 12, he's talking about spending time with God, and then he's going to go on and talk about how to live it out with other people. Okay? So look at someone real quick before we read these verses and say, how to live God's purpose for your life. Look at someone else and say, how do you treat people? I want you to step in God's blessing. <laughs> I want you to step in God's favor and prosperity. But my question for you is, and Adrian's looking at me to keep my mic close to me. Okay, I'm, try I'm trying, I'm trying, Adrian. My question to you is, as God starts blessing you, how do you treat people around you? All right, so Romans 12.2 in the NIV. You can read it on the screen with me. Romans 12.2, 1.2.3, let's read. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
Now, verse 14, let's skip over. He said, okay, you're renewing your mind. You're spending time with God. Now, how are you treating people? Look what he says in verse 14 in the Amplified Version. Read it with me. One, two, three. Let's read. Bless those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse. Okay. And then the next verse is 15. Okay. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony. Is that right? There we go. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, conceited, self-important, exclusive, but associate with humble people, those with a realistic self-view. Do not overestimate yourself. So where Paul's going with this is he says, spend time with Jesus. Renew your mind. And after that, he gives three principles on how to love people to live out your purpose. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be successful business people, successful educators, successful moms and dads and students and and in healthcare and everything else. But the way we treat people along the way will determine how we live out and experience God's purpose for our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your word because it changes us. We love you. We praise you. We humble ourselves before you. We need you. Speak to us in Romans 12 tonight. Help us to live out your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. So I love the holidays. Christmas, I love it. I told y'all that last time. I love Christmas. And this, you know, this is a time of menudo, oregano and lime. Boy, I kill some of that. And the white bread. Don't be trying to eat tortillas. Don't y'all be trying to eat tortillas with your, with your menudo. You got to have that white bolillo bread because it's legit that way. And how my suegra cooks that bad boy mm, is good. This is the time of tamales. Green chili cheese tamales. Uh-huh. I'm seeing smile, smiles. There's a, a spirit of hunger coming over you guys. And then you get that, those red chili tamales. Good ones. I'm not talking about dry tamales. I'm talking about those good ones, man. That, that a lady, man, a Latina, abuela's been working on, boy, and putting those bad boys together and steaming. And then you eat some salsa with them. I love that. I love Christmas. And I love games, too. Play a lot of Uno, a lot of dominoes around our, with our family. We do that. I don't win too much, but I talk smack when I play. I know that may not be a surprise. I talk way more smack than my skill level, all right? Faith knows that from our times playing, uh, you know, foosball. She's much better than me, but I talk way more smack than she does. But we also get together, and we've played Monopoly. Now, I know that games of Monopoly can destroy families this time of year. People throwing tables over like Jesus in the temple, man, just mad. And, but we have fun. So I, the last, like, 300 times I've played Monopoly, I have not won, coach. I don't, so I've determined that I'm going to enjoy the game. So I come in playing Monopoly, having fun, making deals, trying to, you know, disrupt in a good way. And, you know, I do all kinds of stuff. And, and we have fun. And it's funny, in Monopoly, when, you're do, when you see the players doing really well, they start talking more smack, and they're confident, and they're talking. And when they, and they're not doing as well. They're very quiet and somber, right? And so we're playing Monopoly, and I'm not going to throw out any names at all. I'm a pastor. I, don't, I wouldn't do that. Ariana Estrello, my sister-in-law. We're playing, and she starts, talk, like she starts winning, boy, and, and it's all in fun because I do it too. But she starts talking smack, and people are paying her rent, and all this stuff in Monopoly. It's fun because she, she and then whenever we start, don't, we, when we stop doing as good, we're like, I, get, I start getting somber and quiet, right? But my question for you tonight 
is as you grow in your relationship with God and God starts to bless you where you're at, how do you treat people around you? Are you, do you get all boisterous and start talking down to people and being hateful and unforgiving? Do you start short-circuiting God's purpose in your life when you start, when God starts to do special things and favors you and opens doors of opportunity for you? Or do you stay with a tender, sweet heart, loving people and forgiving them and keeping a pure heart before God? Because I know that sometimes when God starts to bless me, I start to think it's that, that the blessing originates with me instead of realizing the blessing uh, originates with God and I'm just a conduit of his blessing. Sometimes when we've been spending time with God and he starts blessing us, we stop spending time with him as much. We get busy. We're Americans. We're doing it. And then our heart gets hard and we stop loving people. And our love walk short circuits God's blessing because we're not loving people as we should. So when you're spending time with God in prayer and renewing your mind in the word, God's going to lead you into his perfect will for your life. His purpose, his plan, his will for you. But his per when you're spending time with him and renewing your mind, it's going to affect his presence. It's, it's, his presence is going to affect the love you have for others. See, time with God isn't just about finding your destiny and your purpose and stepping into his will for your life and the blessings of the, the covenant. That's important. But time with God helps you grow in character and helps you to love people the way God loves people. And the way you love others, now here's the important part. The way you love others will affect your faith, affect how God answers your prayers, and show how real your relationship with God is. Mark chapter 11, Jesus was talking about faith with his disciples. And then he said, and forgive so that God will answer your prayers. Forgive so that things will happen. So the first point here is forgive. Romans 12, 14, we read that verse already. Paul said, all right, you're renewing your mind in the word. You're praying. You're seeking God's face. Now, as God begins to bless you, you always have to be in that position of forgiving. Because as you move toward God's best in your life, the devil's going to put roadblocks, and it's usually people treating you bad. Usually somebody that knows how to prick you just right and make you be angry and say, how dare they? Romans 12, 14 said, bless those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse. See, when Jesus was dying on the, on the cross, he was the perfect sinless lamb of God. He had done everything he was going to do. But he's on the cross, and the Pharisees are still there talking smack. Now, can you imagine someone's talking smack to you, and you, you can box like Mike Tyson? Well, some of us, we're like, oh, I got that kind of skill. I'm going to lay him down because, boy, I'm going to bring the heat. Jesus could have called legions of angels to defend him, but he chose to forgive. He's dying on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He's dying on a cross, and a, one of the, the thieves on the cross with him is saying, Master, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus is bringing forgiveness and saying, he's dying on a cross saying, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. The Bible says in Hebrews, he said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and suffered the shame. What does that mean? Forgive. Jesus understood that he needed to die and re be resurrected so that he could bring salvation 2,000 years later for you and me. So that he could deliver us from bondages, from sexual, uh, sexual abuse and physical abuse and pain and bad decisions. And ultimately sin so we could go to heaven and have a life here with God. He knew what he had to do. 
And so he didn't let people's offenses stop him from fulfilling his destiny. And you and I have to make that determination also. Because as you move toward God's best to, for your life and God starts blessing you, the devil's going to try to, he's going to try to stick it to you by people talking smack. I know I got 11-year-olds and 512 youth talking about my haters out there. I don't know what haters they have, but, but sometimes not, not everybody's excited about you being blessed or delivered or moving into God's best for your life. I get that. There's some people that aren't excited about you moving up. That's fine. God is excited about you, and we're excited for you, for you to go up too. God wants you to be blessed, and you have to forgive. So the pain that people put and, and that can cause with, the fence is, with offenses, is that going to be an insurmountable wall, or is it going to be a stepping stone that you say, I'm going to forgive them. I'm, they ain't worth my destiny. I'm going to move on to what God has for me. And that's hard. I know that's easier said than done. But God can help you forgive. Jesus did it, and you can too. Somebody say forgive. The second thing is show compassion by your actions. You see, as you move toward God's destiny for your life, you're seeking God's face, and God starts to bless you. It's easy to get busy and focus on your, your pl God's plan for you and your focus and the next thing and the to-do list in 2023. And that's all good. God wants to help you fulfill your purpose. But are you showing compassion for others? Because that's part of God's greater plan of purpose for you. Show genuine, showing genuine compassion for other people. Romans 12, 15 in the Amplified says this. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. When you've spent time with God in his presence, renewing your mind and growing close to him, your cup gets full emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, then you have enough compassion and security to love other people. You're not upset or jealous because somebody else moves up. You know that God has something for you and he has something for them too. And you can love other people. So what does it look like to show genuine compassion for other people? I remember I was driving home from a county commission meeting one time. And I get a phone call from a friend of mine named Pat Taylor. She was a city commissioner in town. Some of y'all may know Pat. She's a, an awesome person. I love Pat Taylor. Her and her son Elijah are incredible. She called me and said, John, she said, well, Jonathan. She said, Jonathan, can you come meet me at Everglades Cemetery off the, the Eunice Highway? I had never spent much time out there. I'd heard about it, but I, and I'd driven by one time. It's a city property, and so I went out there. Uh, that's a picture of it. And so I drove, I drove out there, and I went. I met my friend Joe Cotton, and I think it was Laren Field, some other leaders, David Minton, who's a Lee County historian. We went out and looked at um, Everglades Cemetery. Now, if you don't know what Everglades Cemetery is, it's a, it's a city cemetery, but it's part of a sad time in, in our past. It's a segregated cemetery in Hobbs, New Mexico. Not in Alabama, not in Mississippi, it's in Hobbs. And for many years, you know, especially, you know, like maybe 40s and 50s, but back in the day, maybe even the 60s, um, they wouldn't allow white people and black people to be buried together. Now, can you imagine the kind of pain and racism that is? That's awful. And you had even Booker T. Washington School um, that was a segregated school. And so this cemetery was a segregated cemetery. Only black people could be buried there. And they told me a story. They said they had... They said back in the day when we had segregation in Hobbs, they said there was a little black baby, a little girl, maybe a few months old, that was buried in the regular cemetery. And when people found out that a black 
child had been buried in that cemetery. They dug up the little casket, I guess that's what it was, and buried this child back over at Everglade. Now, I came out to Everglade Cemetery, and I walked around, and they're telling me these stories and relaying to me. And I'm looking around, and I'm seeing veterans with the tombstones like World War I, World War II, Korean War. I'm seeing, uh, and, and there's empty spaces there. And, they, and David Minton, the county historian, he said it's not because there's not people buried. It's just for whatever reason, maybe money, whatever, they didn't have, um, you know, the, the tombstones. So it's, it's, it's a pretty field. And it's a sad thing. And my heart's breaking as we walk around. I feel like I'm walking on holy ground. And in my heart, I'm not even knowing how to pray because I feel the pain in this place. And it's such a sad thing because it's a place, I mean, can you imagine the shame and the hurt that a place like that can represent? And I'm walking around and I'm listening and I'm with uh, my friend Clarence Benford. And he says, uh, he said, man, I have relatives here and we're, sh- we're walking around. And they said, there was even a gentleman named Mr. Williams. And David Minton said, we think he's buried over by that fence. The best records we have and what his sister said, he was buried by that fence. But we're going to make a memorial for him to honor him. He was a Spanish-American war veteran. He fought near San Juan Hill, and he fought with Teddy Roosevelt. It was a black regiment. He even remembers Teddy Roosevelt throwing crap, crap shooting or something, like dice with the, with the soldiers. And he, like cool stories. This guy was an American hero, didn't even have a tombstone. Sad thing, guys. And we walked around, and, we just, and I just listened. It didn't cost me anything to listen and try to understand the pain other people were feeling. And as we talked, I said, well, what could we do? And we got to talking about what we could do to honor the people buried there. And they said, well, people are pitching in money, and they're going to make a a memorial for Mr. Williams, this Spanish-American war veteran. They said, well, maybe with the county, we can can buy a new fence. And we, we were able to put in a new wrought iron fence. And I remember coming in later and coming with others, and And we cried and we talked and we looked. A place that was once a place of pain is now a place of healing. A place where we can honor these incredible people. And a place where we can say, you know what? Black, white, and brown, we can all come together and honor all these American heroes. Military veterans or not. And show show them that we love them and we can show their their ancestors or their their descendants that we love them too. And we're going to do everything we can to honor them. It was what we could do at the time to show compassion. So let me ask you this. I told you all that story to tell you this. What can you do to show compassion in your everyday life? Just to listen to somebody to see what their circumstances and their life is like. Maybe they're from a different culture. Maybe they're from a different family background. Maybe they had both parents. Maybe they were adopted. Maybe they were hurt. What can you do to listen and just try to love them where they are? What can we do? It doesn't have to be all that complicated. But we can all show God's love to people. So the third thing, the first thing we said was forgive. The second thing is show compassion by your actions. And the third thing is love and reach people where they are. In verse in Romans 12, 16, it says this, live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, conceited, self-important, exclusive, but associate with humble people, those with a realistic self-view. Don't overestimate yourself. God wants you to love other people, but remember this, you can't violate a person's will. Not even God will violate a person's will or their choice, but you can love people in their pain and be the light that Jesus has called you to be. One of the greatest singers of all time was a lady named Whitney Houston. 
Whitney Houston is phenomenal. In my life, I have never heard anybody sing the national anthem like this woman. She was, so, and I got to admit, as a kid, Vali and I need to talk through, maybe I need to go to camp. I think I had a crush on her as a kid, Whitney Houston, you know. Um, but I, I love, everybody loved Whitney. She's America's princess, man. She was just amazing. Her voice is just perfect. Man, the movies, The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner, The Preacher's Wife. She had the best, at the time of The Preacher's Wife, when she did a gospel album, it was the best-selling gospel album of all time. She shattered records. She sung all of, man, she would sing a ballad, a musical ballad, and have a place just, just dumbfounded because it was amazing. She had such a gift. Her mom is a, was a worship leader, a choir director, still is to this day in, I think, New Jersey. And she had such a gift. But along the way, she made some decisions. She got into addiction and things, and it short-circuited her life and her vision and her future. And she died at the age of 48. She did so much, accomplished so many great things, enthralled us with her beautiful stepping toward her purpose. But along the way, she missed out on God's best because she, she got caught up in other things. And how many of us miss God's best because we get caught up in other things? How many of us miss God's best because we don't show love. Even her mom tried to do some things to help her to, to, to love her and get her in rehab and different things. But at the end, she had a choice. My question for you tonight is, are you loving people where they are? Or is unforgiveness keep holding you back? Are you so busy doing what you do that you miss out on showing compassion to others and loving them where they are? There was a movie that came out years ago, or it was a TV show, one of my favorites, called The West Wing. And the chief of staff, it's like in the White House, the chief of staff is talking to a guy, and he talks about loving people and showing compassion where they are. And he, said, he says it like this. He said, this guy's walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep he can't get out. And a doctor passes by, and the guy shouts up, hey, you, can you help me out? And the doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a preacher comes along with the guy, and the guy shouts up, Preacher, I'm down in this hole. Can you help me out? And the preacher writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hole, and moves on. Then a friend walks by and says, Hey, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole, and, and our guy says, Are you stupid now? We're both down here. And the friend says, Yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. You don't have to be the greatest preacher in the world to show the love of God to other people. You can just let spend time with Jesus and tell people your story. Share what you have. The Bible says in, in Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, as you spend time with God, God is going to bless you. He's going to speak to you and show you his will for your life. He's going to prosper you financially. God's going to bless you emotionally. God's going to, students, he's going to open doors for you for college. That's what happens when you serve God. There's blessings in serving God. But the great question is, how will you live in God's purpose? Will you forgive? Will you show compassion? And will you love people where they are? Because if you'll learn to love other people as God blesses you, God will open up more doors for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray. And I want to pray for you. And the greatest prayer 
we could ever pray is to get back to a close relationship with Jesus. That's the first thing. And then to love other people. If, you're, if you've walked away or maybe you're just, you've just felt distant or cold in your relationship with Jesus and you need to come back to that place of intimacy with him where you, you say, man, I need to repent of some things. I need to make God, Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to just, I want to come close and make peace with God again. If that's you, would you raise your hand and let me pray for you? Thank you. Even online, if you're at home listening to this, raise your hand. Let's pray for you too. Pray this with me. Say, Father God. Let's all pray together. Say this, Father God, I'm so sorry for all my sins. Forgive me. I come back to you tonight. I turn from sin and I turn back to you. Jesus, I confess you as Savior and Lord in my life. Change me. Forgive me. Use me. In Jesus' name. Now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've struggled in your love walk, maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you've struggled to show compassion to others or, or love them where they are or reach them where they are. If that's been you in any way in your love walk, and you're like, man, that's been short-circuiting my faith. If that's you, would you raise your hand? My hand's up too. I need, I need to grow in my love walk. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, today I choose to forgive. I choose to love people. Even when I need to set boundaries, I can still forgive. I can still love. Show me how. Change my heart. I give you every part of me. Help me to love like you love. Lord, I want to fulfill and I want to find my purpose, but I want to love others as I'm finding my purpose. I want to love others the way you love them. In Jesus' name.